everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bravo Tea with Jared B, coming to you from my apartment in the ATL. I hope everyone had a wonderful weekend. I know I sure did. I'm going to get into that in a moment. Um, I don't know if anyone noticed, but I did not do a new episode of Bravo Tea with Jared B this past Friday because honestly, I was burnt the hell out. It was a long week you know, somewhat of a stressful week with work. Um, And I was just burnt out. Like, I did not watch last week's episode of The Real Housewives of Orange County. I didn't listen to any of my favorite Bravo podcasts. And I had everything set up. I had all my lights, camera, my monitor set up. I had my notes. I was going to break down the controversial episodes of Below Deck down under. I was going to recap Crappy Lake with Luann and Sonia. I was going to, well, I wasn't going to recap Orange County because that show has been a little bit exhausting. And to this day, this is Tuesday night. I still need to watch last week's episode of The Real Housewives of Orange County. But I have to say that this past weekend on Saturday, I went to go see the one and only, one of one, she's number one, the Beyonce Giselle Knowles Carter Renaissance World Tour concert. And let me say, it was everything I was expecting, everything I wanted it to be, everything I knew it would be. This was my fourth time seeing Beyonce in concert. And every time I see her in concert, I'm just like, this woman's a freak of nature because the way she's the consummate performer. I just have to say this. She's the consummate performer. I've really loved her most recent album, the Renaissance album, you know, inspired by house music. Um, So that's why I was really excited to go to the Renaissance World Tour concert. I went with my friends, Ryan, Becca, Jonathan, Tasha, Jen. We met up downtown like four hours before the concert. We ate at this pizzeria that had really great pizza. We had a couple of drinks. We went to the park bar after, and then we walked our asses over to the Mercedes-Benz Stadium here in Atlanta and and experienced, like, a a spectacle. It was a full-on production. It's just everything that you expect from a Beyonce concert. I danced my ass off for two and a half hours. My body was sore two days after that. My throat felt like it was bleeding after that concert because I was screaming and yelling and singing so loud. Um, I I was still exhausted. It's Tuesday night as I'm recording this. Monday after work, I was still so exhausted. I came home, went straight to bed, and slept 12 hours straight. Today, I'm feeling replenished. I'm like at 75%. But I'm feeling a lot better than I felt on Sunday and Monday. Uh, so I know that you did not tune into the show to hear about my Beyonce concert. But I have to say, if you have not seen Queen B in concert, do yourself a service and treat yourself to those tickets. Even if you don't know how you feel about her music, because guarantee you, I guarantee you this, when you walk out those doors after that concert, your opinion will be changed, especially for those out there that believe that Beyonce is overrated. You know who you are. There's a lot of you out there on Beyonce's internet saying that she's a has-been and she's overrated, but she will always be that girl 26 years into her career. I'm just saying. 
But let <laughs> let me move. Listen, don't let me come on here having to defend Beyonce. Okay, don't let me do it <laughs> because I will. So let's get into uh, this episode. So we have the Real Housewives of Atlanta. This is season fifteen, episode fourteen, titled "Wreck It Ralph," and I love that this is the title of this episode because I think the past two weeks I've been calling Ralph "Wreck It Ralph," "Wreck It Ralph," and I love that you know. Bravo and production validated what I have been calling Ralph. So shout out to Bravo, shout out to production. Uh, So we start off this episode and Samuel reveals to her husband, Ross, that they are expecting a baby. And then Samuel and and Ross reveal to their family on the back of their their sweatshirts, their sweatshirts, uh, to their family that they are expecting, and their family's very excited for them. Uh, at first, Samia's mom didn't really know what was going on, but she caught up. She caught on to what was going down. And then Samia goes to sit next to her sister, and before she could even get words out her mouth, Samia's sister, Samia's sister was like, uh, we already found an apartment. <laughs> Samia was like, wait, what? And so apparently Senga's sister, her husband, kids, and then Senga's mother and father are all moving into the same apartment complex. So Senga's sister is like, listen, this home is yours again. Have fun with that new baby because we are out. Don't think I'm about to nanny for you. We are O-U-T out of here. Um, She congratulated them. She danced and she was like, we are getting the hell out. Um, I love Sanya's sister. I love her so much. She does not even know how much joy she brings me. And she doesn't even try. (laughs) And she gives that little smirk (laughs) when she throws shade. I love it. So then we move on to Drew and Ralph. And they have another date night. Lord, what is this? Like the third or fourth date night this season. And I don't know if it is helped well. Not, I don't know if it's helping them. It's not helping their relationship, their marriage whatsoever. And so during their date night, Drew mentions the fact that Ralph has opted out of marriage counseling, but Ralph feels like he's doing better as a husband. Um, And, you know, he feels like he's putting in the work and, you know, he hasn't had a blow up in a minute, but it's obviously that it's obvious that Drew Sador does not uh, believe what Ralph believes about his, how he has changed his behavior um, since leaving marriage counseling. And I'm going to be honest, I don't know what to believe about Drew, Ralph, and their marriage. I don't know what to believe anymore because I've said this several times on this show that their scenes feel fake, they feel self-produced, they feel rehearsed. And the only reason why I'm mentioning mentioning this again is because recently Cousin Courtney did an interview on another podcast where she revealed some things about Drew and Ralph's storyline that we have seen played out on The Real Housewives of Atlanta. And basically, Cousin Courtney uh, alleges that Drew has been throwing Ralph under the bus uh, on The Real Housewives of Atlanta this whole time. Uh, to contribute to Drew's storyline on the show. Like that whole uh, Ralph went missing in Tampa, apparently that's all fake. Apparently that is all fake. Drew knew where Ralph was the whole time. Apparently Ralph was at a, um, he was at a tech conference 
And then the whole Chocolate City being oiled down by the producer going to uh, perform in Chocolate City. Apparently, that was all fake, too. Okay? Apparently, Ralph went to Vegas to go work. Ralph did not go to be in Chocolate City. So that is being alleged by Cousin Courtney. If you don't believe me, take a look. Take a listen. Ralph was in Vegas for a tech conference, which I knew that because we were friends. You know, we were building yeah. this friendship. We were friends, cousin at this point. So when that happened, I was literally like, when I told him, I'm like, what were you? He's like, I was there for work. Drew knew that. He's like, oh, Drew and I were just joking about that. That wasn't real. I'm like, are you kidding me? So when you see it, it looks like it was real, but it was a joke between him and Drew that Drew then brings back to the friend group like he really was doing this, which to me is just not okay. Oh, so he was never even doing it. No, it was a joke. Someone said it to him as a joke and him and Drew Uh. were laughing about it. And she's like, what are you, you know, are you doing your little magic might thing in Vegas? And they got it. He thought it was funny. And then when he saw it, he was so heartbroken. Yeah. I mean, you think that's, he's in, first of all, we all know we picture Vegas. We've all been there. Mm -hmm. Now you picture that you're on this movie. Some woman invited you to audition for chocolate magic. Mike, we all can imagine imagine what is probably happening there. At least that narrative. Right. So it was a narrative Mm. that she ran with that wasn't even real. And that can't be innocent. Like Drew must be I mean, you can't just be saying this thinking, oh, wait, was that caught on camera? It's producers. Yeah, I think that up until this point, Ralph might have given her more of a benefit, like saying, well, I know, you know, I know Drew and, you know, she jokes about a lot of things or, but I think now it's super clear. I think so. Yeah. To not just Ralph, but the audience as well. So, right. So there was really no Tampa in terms he of went like, to he, Tampa, right, but, but he didn't yeah, disappear yeah, no, 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 no. in the stripper. And there was no chocolate magic mic where he that went to a, Vegas. Was, Interesting. I mean, from what he told me. I mean, I know he was at a tech conference. He did a live actually from the conference. Now, you may be wondering why I choose to believe Cousin Courtney. And it's because Courtney has nothing to lose at this point. Courtney is not a full time housewife. Uh, I don't even know if Courtney is really cousins with Ralph. Uh, Ralph and Drew are getting a divorce. So, like, really, Courtney has no loyalty to Drew. Her loyalty is to Ralph if they are real cousins. And, listen, she doesn't have a full-time spot on the show. She is a friend of. We don't know if she's going to be back next season. So, like, in my mind, Cousin Courtney has nothing to lose by revealing this truth. And, in all honesty, Courtney confirmed the suspicions I've had for years, okay? If my friend Jenny is listening, watching right now, her and I text about the Bravo shows, mainly the Real Housewives. We've been doing it since probably high school. I think high school. And one thing I constantly say about Drew and her scenes and her private scenes with Ralph is that it feels forced, it feels self-produced, it feels fake. And basically, Courtney confirmed what I felt for the past three or four seasons. And listen, if it's true that Drew produces fake storylines for the show, then I feel like Bravo needs to put Drew on notice and let her know either you keep it real or you're off the show. Because we're not watching these shows for fake storylines. We're watching for authenticity. We're watching to see these ladies full 
authentic lives. And like, I like Drew. I want to root for Drew, but I can't if I don't feel like she's being authentic about who she is and what she's going through. And so after watching that video clip of Cousin Courtney on another show, I don't know what to believe about Ralph. I don't know what to believe about Drew. I don't I don't know what to believe about anything they have shared or said on the Real Housewives of Atlanta the past three or four seasons. And to me, that's an integrity issue. Like, who wants to watch Drew on television on the Real Housewives of Atlanta and not know if she's being real or not? But let me start with my rant. I'm going to continue with this scene. And Drew says to Ralph that basically he needs to hold down the fort while she's shooting this movie, uh, The Past. That's the movie that is being done by Todd Tucker, Candy Burris's husband. Um, and so she says that she's going to be shooting this movie for 10 days. And Ralph is... Jesus, Ralph. Lord have mercy. This man get up. He gets on my nerves. Like, I just don't get why he can't even show up for his wife and support her for like 10 days on the home front. Like, can't even just be like, yeah, babe, listen, my, my schedule's busy, but like, I'm going to do the best I can do to be there at home and hold down the fort. But instead... He says, oh, well, now you're booked, you know, now you're booked and busy, but I'm always busy. Okay, that's nice that you're always busy. That's wonderful. She's only asking for 10 days, Ralph. 10 days. And you can't even be agreeable to that. Why is it so hard for Ralph? Why is it so damn hard for Wrecked Ralph? I don't know. So then we move on to this next scene, and it's Kenya, Candy, and Shamia. Kenya invites Candy and Shamia over and shares that she's thinking about having another baby. And Candy, listen, Candy, Moneybags Burroughs took the words right out of my mouth. She's like, who's going to be the daddy? And apparently it's going to be Mark uh, because Kenya has embryos frozen from when she did, I believe, IVF. I don't know if she did IVF. Maybe I should not assume she did IVF. But she did get her embryos frozen. Um, and I do wonder how how does that work when you're in the middle of a contentious divorce and you want to have another baby and you have embryos on ice, but you not you might not get the blessing of the father or the spouse, the partner, the boyfriend, whomever. Like, you know, what if um Mark is like, no, like I don't I don't want another baby. It is Kenya basically saying that, like, the responsibility of this new child that is biologically hers and Mark's, she's taking on the full responsibility for this child. And Mark, you know, doesn't have to have anything to do with this new child. I mean, Kenya did share, I believe, on Carlos King's show, that Mark has not seen Brooklyn, his daughter with Kenya, in two years and two months. Two years and two months. So I guess Kenya is taking on the full responsibility of being a single mother. My only fear is that like, is if Kenya has another baby that is biologically Mark's child, is Mark gonna try to go after Kenya for child support? That's my question. Um, I also have to say 
that I need more Shami on the Real Housewives of Atlanta. She has appeared on the show for years. She is friends with most of the ladies. She's friends with Portia. She's friends with Candy. She's friends with Kenya. She has a great rapport with most of the Real Housewives. And I personally feel like Shamia would make a great housewife especially after her reunion performance on season nine. If you don't remember season nine, this is the season that we found out that Phaedra told uh, Portia that Candy and her husband Todd were basically trying to drug and take advantage of Portia sexually. And there was a segment of the reunion where Shamia was sitting on the couch on the side of Portia I think Sheree um, and Phaedra. And let me tell you something. Shamia was clocking Phaedra left and right with the reeds. I believe Shamia said that, you know, Phaedra looks like she got her plastic surgery uh, through Groupons. <laughs> and I was like, oof. And listen, at, while Shamia was clocking Phaedra left and right, Ph Phaedra couldn't say anything. You know, Phaedra was like, girl, bye, girl, whatever. And I was like, ooh, get it, Shamia. So I'm team bring Shamia back as a full-time housewife or friend of next season, season 16 of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. So we get to Drew's mental health retreat and things start off a little shady because Ralph arrives late and then acknowledges everyone except his wife. And listen, every week it becomes more and more evident to me that Ralph does not like Drew. How else do you explain it? Like, this man does not like his wife. And I don't know if Ralph has pulled back and has checked out because Ralph does not want to be used as part of Drew's storyline to stay on the show. I don't know, because we really have not heard from Ralph about his perspective on this marriage. I know that he says some effed up stuff sometimes to Drew and like it's mad disrespectful. And so, listen, I'm not trying to uh, defend Ralph with this whole fake storyline thing alleged that's being alleged by cousin Courtney, but like maybe that's part of the reason why Ralph does not show up for Drew because maybe Ralph doesn't know what Drew is going to say on camera and allege about him. You know, and if he defends himself, he seems like the crazy one. He seems like the liar. And the viewers believe Drew and take her side. So I go back to what I said earlier in this recap of the Real Housewives of Atlanta. I don't really know what to believe about that couple anymore. I don't know what to believe. And I'm kind of checked out on the whole entire thing. So then uh, we get to this point where Sheree asks how the lawsuit, you know, the court case that Drew has the the private chef that is suing Drew for $1,000. And then we see Drew give a press conference dressed like Cruella DeVille, dressed in leather. And I'm like, why is there a press conference for Drew's $1,000 lawsuit? Which now Drew is saying it's a $10,000 lawsuit. But you know, those shady editors of the Royal Housewives of Atlanta, they showed the court documents, multiple court documents that say that this lawsuit is about a thousand dollars so i don't know what the ten thousand dollars came from but like here's another situation where like i don't know what to believe <laughs> you know i don't know what to believe about what comes out of drew's mouth because the story is always changing and i also want to know did she call the press to the courthouse like you know 
Drew is not famous enough to garner press at the court for a thousand dollar lawsuit. So I'm like, you know, did she call the press there or was it a slow news day in Atlanta? I'm confused by that whole entire situation. Um, but, you know, during this sit down, I guess this is a, a dinner at the mental health retreat. And, you know, of course, we see the legendary Cynthia Bailey there. And I feel like Cynthia is like slowly making her entry back onto the show because she's asking the questions a housewife should ask about the conflict that's happening in the group. And listen, Cynthia Bailey knows what to do to make things happen. When she was on the Real Housewives of Atlanta, she often played the mediator. She was often the housewives that brought all the ladies together because Cynthia pretty much got along with everyone. So she had really the power to bring all the ladies together to hash things out, to have a moment to have fun. Um, so it was, it was exciting to see Cynthia kind of clock back in and do what she was doing 10, 11 seasons on the Royal Housewives of Atlanta. And I really hope this reintroduction of Cynthia Bailey back on the show uh, means that we might see more of her in season 16 of the Royal Housewives of Atlanta. Um, I, I, do have to say, even though that there was some conflict in this episode that happened at this mental health retreat um, over, you know, the divide that's happening within the group, I am happy that this mental health retreat could be, a, you know, more impactful than Sheree's healing trip to Portugal, even though they didn't, they couldn't go one group event without some sort of conflict, but, you know, if we know housewives, if you know housewives, like I know housewives, then you know that if there's going to be a group event, there's going to be some type of conflict. So shame on me for assuming otherwise. Um, so then we get to the last scene of this episode. This is Drew's counseling session with Dr. Ken. And Drew shares that she and Ralph haven't been talking. And now Ralph has moved out of their marital bedroom, which is not a good sign. You know, I was wondering because when the divorce announcement came for Drew and Ralph, it came, I think, right before the trailer for this current season of Atlanta. And I was wondering because they had stopped shooting months prior. And so I was wondering, like, are we going to see the fallout of their marriage, which will explain the divorce announcement several months later? And that answer is yes, we are seeing things fall apart between Drew and Ralph. Ralph has completely checked out. Drew is making it seem like she's still trying to make her marriage work. And you know, making it seem like Ralph is not interested anymore. But, you know, I will say this again. I don't know what to believe when it comes to Drew and Ralph. I don't. I don't. And I feel like that's a major integrity issue for Bravo to have with Drew. Um, but Drew also shares that she feels like Ralph does not acknowledge her feelings and doesn't show up for her. And I feel like I've said this already, that there's more to the story after finding out that Drew fakes the storylines. And I'm going to say this again, I'm not on Ralph's side, but with this, maybe Ralph checked out again because he's not sure how Drew is going to use him and portray him to make him look like the devil incarnate, like she has 
over the past three or four seasons. And like Drew doesn't have to do much to make Ralph seem like an asshole because he does that all on his own very well. Very, very well. So we're going to see what happens on the rest of the season of the Royal Housewives of Atlanta. So let's move on to the Royal Housewives of New York. So we have season 14, episode 5, titled Fashionably Absent. And this episode continues with Bryn opening up about her childhood. Um, And she reveals that, you know, when she was a child, that she wanted to drink Dimetap um, and just go to sleep forever. And that, ugh, that broke my heart. And you see these ladies rally around her. They're crying. They're emotional. I'm emotional. I was emotional watching it because it breaks my heart. No child should ever grow up feeling that they're not loved by their parents. No child should ever feel that. And it breaks my heart that she still carries that with her. But again, I love that these ladies could rally around Bryn in this moment and support her. And I said this last week, shout out to Bryn for being open and honest about her childhood when I'm sure it was very difficult to go back there and drum up these traumatic childhood experiences and memories. So then the ladies are engaging in some light banter and Erin does what a housewife should do and mentions that Jessel called the ladies a bunch of cackling hags. <laughs> and then Jenna's like, uh, if Jessel called her a cackling hag, you know, she would be fine with it. And then Jessel calls Jenna a cackling old hag. Like Jessel added the old to cackling hag. And I'm like, Lord have mercy. Foot and mouth, Jessel. Foot and mouth, but I, I appreciate Jessel. Like I like I said last week, I know a lot of you viewers are not sure how you feel about Jessel, but I need you all to understand that like not every housewife is going to be your favorite, but you need a housewife that you know is going to be a little unhinged, that's going to be you know unaware, have a lack of self awareness. I've mentioned this several times, and Jessel is that girl. Okay, these girls don't know what to do about Jessel, and I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. But I have to say for myself, I probably wouldn't have cared if Jessel called me a cackling hack because I've been called far worse over these years, and I probably would have given these ladies, uh, you know, a cackle to remember, you know, a little like, <laughs> cackle my ass, bitches, you know, something like that, something like that. And then we move on to this next scene uh, with Sai, and we get to see her as a fashion content creator. And I love that we get a little glimpse uh, into how Sai got her start as a fashion content creator and what it takes to be where she is currently. I love getting the backstory to Sai and all the other ladies. Um, and I have to say, I have mad respect for Sai because creating content is not for the faint of heart. And I'm learning that firsthand. You know, I, I've said this earlier in this show, in this episode, that I've been doing this uh, show, Bravo T with Jared B, for three months now, two episodes per week. And last week, you know, I experienced my first 
burnout after three months of doing this. And I realized that it takes passion, it takes purpose, and it takes ambition to keep this going. But I also learned that like once in a while that you have to take a break. And you know, I'm not at the point where I'm making an income from the show yet. Sai, she is making an income. She is not only self-employed, but she employs other people. She has editors. She has people that pull looks for her. You know, she's providing her employees with health care. So, you know, I'm not on that level yet, but I have mad respect for Sai. And she inspires me to keep going. So I'm going to keep going. And I won't give up. Even though sometimes I feel like giving up. But, you know, I've made it my mission to you know, see this through to the end. Listen, I turned 30 and I was like, I in this next decade in my 30s, I need to complete the things that I start. So this is one of the things that I've started and I need to continue with it. This weight loss that I've been doing since February, it's one thing I've started and I need to see it through to the end because I have attempted to lose weight so many times over the past decade and more. And I've given up because at some point it seemed worthless and it seemed the goal seemed so far away that I really couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. But I'm going to do things differently in my 30s. But enough about me. This is about the Real Housewives of New York City. So we move on to Jessel and Aaron, and they meet up for coffee in Tribeca to have a classic housewife sit down. And <laughs> Jessel mentions that some of her friends are moving to Tribeca, which she considers an up-and-coming neighborhood. And Aaron's like, uh, no, boo, Tribeca's there. Um, and Jessel's like, is it there? <laughs> is it there? Um, and this moment had me dying, dying from laughter. Because for those who don't know, who are not familiar with New York City, uh, Tribeca is in downtown Manhattan on the west side of the city, on the west side highway overlooking the Hudson River. Tribeca is one of the most expensive neighborhoods. I think it is the most expensive neighborhood in New York City. It's one of the most expensive zip codes in the country. Beyonce and Jay-Z have a penthouse in Tribeca. Mariah Carey lives in Tribeca. Taylor Swift has a place in Tribeca. Robert De Niro has a place in Tribeca. Jennifer Lawrence has a place in Tribeca. So Tribeca is definitely that place. And I personally love Tribeca. I know I said if I ever became rich, I would get a brownstone in Brooklyn. If I don't get a brownstone in Brooklyn, I'm definitely getting a loft in Tribeca. I love Tribeca. I used to go to school in Tribeca. Shout out to BMCC. If you know BMCC, um, right on the West Side Highway. Um, and I love Tribeca because it's far away from tourists. Listen, when I go visit New York City, the last thing I want to be around is tourists. So that's why I normally like hanging out downtown. And Tribeca is definitely far away from tourists. And another reason why I love Tribeca is it feels like a community. You see a lot of families in Tribeca. You see kids playing on the playground. I believe there's an elementary school in Tribeca. There is a high school in Tribeca. I think it's Stuyvesant High School. It's right, what is that, Rockefeller Park in Tribeca, I think. That's that school. Um, and also Tribeca is like one of the safest neighborhoods in New York City. So Jessel 
Tribeca has been there for a long time. And I'm a little confused how she doesn't know that because she lives in New York City and has lived in New York City for, what, over 10 years? So I'm like, how do you know that Tribeca is not, like, that neighborhood to live in? But um, moving right along, Aaron assumes that based on how Jessel acts, that Jessel is used to being catered to. Let me cater to you because, baby, this is your day. A little destiny shout for you. Destiny fulfilled. But Aaron assumed that Jessel is used to being catered to. And I could see how Aaron surmises that Jessel uh, could be a bit of a princess and be used to being catered to. Um, because, you know, Jessel does seem like she comes from money. But Jessel makes it clear that she is she does not come from money, that she has worked her ass off for the past 20 years to be where she is. You know, of course, she shares that she's an immigrant and came here with nothing, and she worked her way to the top. So Jessel made it clear that, uh, listen, I work, and I will continue to work to be where I am and to be where I want to be. So after this sit-down between Jessel and Aaron, we move on to, I guess, coffee, lunch, with uh, Aaron, Bryn, and Cy, and they meet up, and we learn that Bryn loves playing chess and has a traveling chess set. And we also learn that Bryn is doing all the things she never got to do as a kid because her family couldn't afford it, like chess, fencing, ballet, learning how to play the violin, taking piano lessons. And I love that Bryn is, like, you know, healing the little girl inside, by doing the things that she never got to do as a kid. I love seeing that. Um, and listen, I wish I could play chess, but it's a little too cerebral for me. I've never even played Monopoly, and you might be listening or watching be like, how have you never played Monopoly? I don't like games where I have to think, okay? You know, same thing like Scrabble. Like, I don't... I don't have to come up with words. I know words. I don't I don't know how to like capitulate or that's not even the right word. You see, this is why I don't play Scrabble. I like checkers. I like taboo, shoots and ladders, sorry, Candyland. Like if you bring out those games, I'm going to be excited. You bring out a chessboard, I'm going to be like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Um, but the ladies discuss Aaron's meetup with Jessel, and I have to say that I love that these ladies have to meet up to try to understand Jessel and where she's coming from. I love a housewife that keeps you on your toes, and Jessel is keeping everyone on their toe, their toes, their toes. Um, but listen, listen, there's going to be some people that you don't understand. Not everyone can be put in a box and contained where you're like, I, I don't really get this person like maybe Jessel's that girl that you just have to take at face value and be prepared for what she might say you know Jessel might be that kind of girl and I don't mind it because I find it hilarious to watch but then we move on to Jessel's event and uh she's throwing this fashion consulting event she has a new client this lady who's making handbags who used to be an intern for Michael Kors and Uba, Bren, Sai, and Aaron show up for Jessel's event. Uh, and everyone's questioning, where's Jenna? Where's Jenna? 
where's Jenna? I don't really understand why everyone's asking where Jenna is. Where at the Bryn's giving, Jenna said that she has she has to work. Um, even though we find out in this episode that Jenna did not have to work. Uh, but I don't understand why they're questioning where is Jenna when Jenna said that she's not going to be there. Um, so then the ladies FaceTime Jenna and they all find out that she's doing some Christmas decorating with her son. And the lady was like, oh, that's so sweet. You're doing Christmas decorations with your son. And then they hang out off the phone and then they start talking shit about Jenna. <laughs> Classic housewives. Classic housewives. Um Listen, I have to say that the ladies did have some valid points about Jenna. Jenna should have just said that she was spending some quality time with her son and that she does not get to spend quality time with her son that often. And I feel like that's a valid excuse for Jenna to miss Jessel's event because, you know, I don't have kids, but I feel like, you know, when you do have kids, the kids come first. And if you have a teenager or you have an adult child that you don't get to see that often and finally they're available to spend some quality time i could understand jenna being like you know what i'm gonna spend this time with my son i'm opting out of this jessel event i just wish that jenna would have just said she's spending time with her son instead of saying that she's working and then bryn expresses this and she's expressed this before i think this she expressed this expressed this in episode three, um, where she said that she feels like Janet Lyons is held to a different standard than her or maybe the rest of the ladies. And honestly, I haven't seen it enough to determine that for myself. So I'm like going to put a pin in, you know, what Bryn feels because like also maybe they give her a pass because like being part of this girl group is not really uh, Jenna's vibe. Like, she doesn't have a bunch of girlfriends that she goes on trips with or goes to lunch with or goes to dinner with or, you know, eats cheese platters with. And so maybe they're just, like, letting Jessel, I mean, not Jessel, Jenna, warm up to being part of the group. But, you know, I feel like, Bryn, if you're going to say it behind Jenna's back, be prepared to say it to her face. So I'm hoping that that moment happens. You know, even though Bryn... Well, Bryn didn't say it in the Hampton. She said it in her... Conf- well, I think she did say at the table. I don't remember. She either said it in her confessional or she said it at the table as well when they went for dinner in Sag Harbor when they were in the Hamptons staying with Aaron. I'm not sure. Somebody check me on that. Or maybe I should just check it myself. Um, But yeah, that's this... Uh, that's today's episode of Bravo Tea with Jared B. Um, I'm kind of ready for the Real Housewives of Atlanta to end. Like, I'm ready for the reunion. I'm ready because I'm, like, a little disappointed in this season. The season's been fine. I'm not going to say that the season is terrible, but I'm not. I'm also going to say that the season's not great. We have definitely experienced better seasons of the Real Housewives of Atlanta. And I have to say... And I've said this many times before, the reason why this season is not on and popping like past seasons of the Real Housewives of Atlanta is because it doesn't feel like there's genuine friendship that exists within the group. And I've said this before, next season needs to be Kenya, Candy, Sheree, Marlo, Portia, Shamia, and like maybe someone else. A seven, I also think that the ladies should have seven housewives. Um, 
because like Kenya is not I've also said this that Kenya and Candy are like the reactors of the group like you have to they need formidable opponents especially Kenya Moore to really produce great television for themselves and so yeah it just feels like there's a lack of friendship that exists in this group and that's why like this season has felt disjointed and like to rant and just like bringing up this whole thing about Latoya and Drew kissing three, four years ago. Like, what is this storyline? You know, it's just random. The storyline that we started off with at this season was the fact that Marlo feels like uh, Candy wasn't supportive with the death of her nephew and mid season, the discussion of that completely ended. And now the second half of the season it's all about Drew and her failing marriage with Ralph. So I'm very confused with the season of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. And when it comes to The Real Housewives of New York, I'm kind of enjoying The Real Housewives of New York more than I'm enjoying Crappy Lake. I haven't even watched Sunday's episode of Crappy Lake. Um, I'm enjoying it more than The Real Housewives of Atlanta. I'm enjoying it more than The Real Housewives of Orange County. So really the top two Bravo shows on right now that I'm enjoying the most, excuse me, there was a little indigestion. Um, the top two shows I'm enjoying the most on Bravo right now are Below Deck Down Under and The Real Housewives of New York. And I, I, I'm pleasantly surprised by The Real Housewives of New York. I really feel like this season has unfolded naturally and organically. Uh, those words probably mean the same thing the way I'm describing this season. Um, it just feels real. It feels authentic. It's light. It's petty, it's shady, it's everything that we want in Housewives. And these ladies are bearing their souls. They're really opening up about their lives and their childhood and their past and the things that they've been through. And I, I appreciate it. I'm enjoying the season of the Real Housewives of New York. No shade to the OG New York Housewives, but I'm kind of loving it. I'm loving it. Let me know if you're loving it. Because while well, actually looking at the ratings... A lot of you aren't loving it. I feel like a lot of uh, Bravo fans are boycotting the Real Housewives of New York, this new era, because they want the old era back. But let me let me break it to you. You're not getting it back. You will not have the OGs back on Bravo in a full-time capacity. You might get a spinoff with them on Peacock. You know, we're getting the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip with the OGs of Real Housewives of New York. But, like, you might as well get over it. You're not getting them back the way you want to. Bravo is invested in this new era of Housewives, and I believe it's here to stay. Now, I will say, and I've said this before, I do believe that the Real Housewives of New York needs one more housewife, our true spitfire. And yeah, thank you again for supporting Bravo Tea with Jared B. I appreciate the love. I appreciate the downloads. Uh, the listens, the feedback. Um, if you don't already, you can follow us on Instagram at Bravo T with Jared B. You can follow us on Twitter at Bravo T with JB. We are on TikTok. We are on threads. I'm trying to think, are we on any other social media platforms? I don't think so. Um, yeah. Thank you for the support. Continue to tell your friends, your family, your coworkers about Bravo Tea with Jared B. If you haven't already, subscribe, like, 
on whichever platform that you listen to Bravo Tea with Jared B. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's right. Bravo Tea with Jared B is on YouTube. So you can watch these episodes and not just listen to them if you want to see the visuals. <laughs> but I love you for listening and I will see you next time on Bravo Tea with Jared B with Friday's episode where I will be recapping Below Deck Down Under because Joao was back. I love how Luke gets fired and they bring Joao, another headache. Um, and I will also be uh, recapping this week's episode of The Real Housewives of Orange County. So I love you for listening and I hope you guys have a great uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Until next time, peace out. Peace out.